Hello there, and welcome to a brand new installment of Nintendo News Report for Friday, June 2nd, 2017, in the year of our Lord. I am Alex Kalafi, joined today by our full cast as usual, Donald Terrio. Um, if you're wondering why Nintendo's stock price has gone up about 30% the last week, um, this would probably explain it, the Bridal Blessings banner for Fire Emblem Heroes. Oh, that's cute. It's uh, Kawaii Waifu for Laifu, am I right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're also joined by our technically not on the show anymore, but has been on two of the last three episodes. Nintendo More than Zach. So. More yeah. than Zach. <laughs> Nintendo World Report director Neil Ronahan. Hello, director. <laughs> uh, I found my Chainsaw GameCube controller. Um, it's pretty <laughs> ridiculous. But like, just look at look at how you have to fucking hold it like that's that's the grip for it there's a c-stick like it's so it's weird and i, and I can't I've, find i can't find the cable to connect it to actually use it so it might that's be the only controller that's point. actually worse than the gamecube controller oh get the fuck out of here donald this is another this is one of like the five hot button issues that you bring up and i'm just like you're fired you know what you know what sucks is having a new pc attempting to play uh Dolphin legally using my own GameCube discs and then realizing that an Xbox One controller is the worst possible thing to play GameCube games on. Yeah, I can't imagine that being good. Yeah. We're also joined by uh, someone who's not actually part of our regular panel, but he is one of the newest members of Nintendo World Report staff. That is a Mr. David Kermis. Hello, David. How you doing? Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, of course. As we've We've... Now that Neil's tech, Neil's spot is technically open, I want to use this to let some other people be on once in a while when Zach can't be on or Donald can't be on or I can't be on because we have a lot of new people on Nintendo World Report and we have a lot of people who are eager about podcasting. There's you, David. There's the other David. There's uh, Adam of Connectivity who wants to get on more and we want to have him on. There's Don who's been here forever, but he wants to get on. There's Justin Nation who we're trying to get on. So, David... We love having you, and we hope to see you a lot more because I like the cut of your jib. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to start and uh, talk about games. Yeah, let's 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 talk about some video games because we have a fat ass show today. We're talking about the <laughs> Nintendo. It's isn't that like a decent way to describe how much news there was this week? I mean, there was a surprising amount. I mean, I guess we are getting near E3, so you'd expect it to start coming in fast and furious, but like there's usually that lull right before E3 where like companies don't announce stuff. Yeah. But companies are announcing stuff. So, all right. Yeah, it's important it, stuff too, so. Yeah. It's the Fallout 4 principle of E3 might not be that important anymore, so announcing things on our own before E3 might be just as good or perhaps even better than announcing it at the show. I mean, it's it's kind of like how I felt about the uh, the April Nintendo Direct, how that just kind of cleared the deck of what we knew mm. to kind of set up E3 for being like more like they don't have to focus on those games coming out between now and July because they kind of covered most of them. Like, well, we'll get some stuff on Splatoon 2 at E3 and ARMS will be coming out that week. So there will be a mention of both of those games. But really, the focus at E3, I imagine, is going to be what's coming out in the fall because that's still... We, we have some ideas of games that could come out then, but there's a lot that's left open to the imagination. And that's kind of with every company in their own way. Mm. Yeah. 
do you think the smash leak is real oh that that i mean what that screens from this week uh, the screens from this week that are the 3ds version but in hd and uh, no, those, those screens were confirmed to be complete bullshit oh really I, I think there will be I, I if if I were a betting man I would bet on a Smash Brothers game called Super Smash Brothers Deluxe or Super Smash Brothers for Switch um, mm. because then of course Nintendo will keep that that naming convention um, from here to eternity um, but I, I I don't know if we'll see it at E3 I think that by next E3 we will know about this like it probably like a maybe a bit more of an upgraded port than mario kart 8 deluxe was like i do expect to see new characters new stages kind of a fusion of the wii u and 3ds games maybe with some new stuff yeah yeah all right that that clears the the leak quote unquote leak but not leak i I had to talk about for this week but i want to talk about some actual news because the bulk of the news this week does not have anything to do with leaks but comes from stuff that Nintendo and other companies announced themselves. For instance, Nintendo provided greater clarity to Nintendo Online, which is now called Nintendo Online. Nintendo delivered details about their online service. It's 20 bucks a year, US. It's $3.99 for one month, $7.99 for three months. It was originally tabbed for fall 2017, but now it's coming out in uh, early 2018. And instead of it being one or two games per month, that would have online features added to them. Now what you have is this rotating Netflix-style library of classic video games that's completely independent from the virtual console that will have the online features well, added to them. okay. Completely okay. independent from the virtual console or replacing the virtual console? No. They, they seem to indicate that, that, the, that the, the monthly... The subscription would include a include game like the the temporary name. I, I've got the translation from the Japanese one here. Uh, the classic game selection temporary name is different from Virtual Console, having new functionality added to classic games. The sale of Virtual Console on Nintendo Switch is still to be announced. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. I. I what that, that came from a Japanese. Where, what, what's the, the Japanese equivalent? That is the Japanese equivalent of that web of the website that okay. we linked in our news story. That's yeah. weird. I mean, I I don't know if we're gonna see the name Virtual Console. Mm. Like, like, I mean, it just it, you, you think of a lot of different elements with this, and this is kind of my I guess I'll, I'll get I'll get my uh, the things that I'm critical about with this Nintendo Online thing. I'm still not really sold on that distribution of of vir- or classic games or virtual console games or however you want to call them because one like i don't really need to play online super mario brothers 3 that doesn't seem something that like i i it might be novel but like no like maybe maybe online nes dr mario would be cool i'd rather just play online modern dr mario like I, I, I guess I don't. I, I struggle to see the appeal for a lot of online multiplayer from NES and potentially Super Nintendo games, which they haven't formally announced, but said that they're looking into it. And I, I guess I don't have total faith in Nintendo in pulling off a Netflix-like service that's actually worthwhile for twenty bucks a year, because I feel like that cuts out a lot of, like, like, is is coming from a company that still sells NES games for five dollars a pop on Wii U and 3DS. I find it hard to think that they're just going to be like $20 a year and you're going to have access to a growing catalog. 
Like that just seems to be completely counter to a lot of what they've hung their hat on in the past decade, which that could be that maybe uh, the death of Satori Iwata and his emphasis on, you know, keeping the value of games, maybe that kind of logic is, is going out the window as time passes and the face of the modern world is hitting Nintendo. I, I don't know. There's just a lot that I'm concerned about this. I just want to play virtual console games on my Switch. What, what's, what say you, David Kermis? I was, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking that there's definitely going to be a virtual console on the Switch. Um, it, only 20 bucks a year doesn't sound bad at all. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, the, if, price, the price is fantastic. And if they keep on adding new games, you know, I'm, knowing Nintendo, they're probably going to add three games at launch and then one game per week for the next four or five years. But, I mean, if they don't take any of those games away from you and you only pay 20 bucks a year, so every year you're going to get 50-some games, I think, you know, and if they have some that are, you know, with multiplayer and, yeah, Super Mario Bros. 3, I don't know how you're really going to do multiplayer unless you do online leaderboards or something like that. But, you know, I'm thinking of games like Double Dragon or uh, Duck Hunt where you can actually have multiplayer people playing at the same time. I mean, that sounds like a smart move for them. Yeah. Yeah, I concur. I think about the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, the the six games you get every single year or every single month. The six games, the four games, the whatever. I don't remember the last PlayStation Plus game I actually played. I don't remember the last Xbox Live Gold game I actually played. The only games that I actually play are the ones I get on the deep discount. And... Not having to pay 50 bucks, getting the full online features for $20, which are hopefully improved. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay yeah. with 20 bucks for this service, considering I don't pay I don't play the games that I get for free on the $50 services in the first place. Yeah, I mean I canceled my PlayStation Network account because I wasn't playing those games and I don't really play too many online games in general. So it was like yeah. not even worth it for me. Yeah, no, I, I'm not a PS Plus subscriber anymore. I do have games with gold, but even that, like, I don't know how much longer I'll keep going with that because I have gotten to a point where I have enough of a catalog on my Xbox One that I, when I first got it last year, having games with gold then was great. Now it's kind of like, eh. Um, mm. I do I do love me some EA Access, but that's just because I have specific desires, and those are usually, like, football, hockey, and soccer games. Yeah. That aren't meant by the Switch. Yeah. I... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, because the main re, the main reason I keep PS Plus around and I'm locked in for another fourteen or fifteen months on it before the, with cards that I bought before the price went up, I, my main appeal is like Alex said the discounted game. So if I can get thirty bucks a year of discounts at a Nintendo for being in this, then hey, I'll take it. And the NES games are just a nice bonus. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is that the price is really good. It just I'm I'm concerned by what the future of virtual console is because I'm I'm pretty pessimistic on virtual console coming out before this starts because I think that's a lot of confusing messaging. Because if you're gonna like have super like it would be weird if they were like Super Mario Brothers three comes out in September on the Switch and then in January you can get the online multiplayer version with with the your Nintendo Online account like that just seems weird. Yeah. Um. And I don't really see them, like, launching... I mean, it'd be really great, and there's the optimist in me that's like, well, they could still do GameCube Virtual Console separate from their classic games thing. Um, 
I just don't see that happening. Like, I think we're going to be waiting on Virtual Console for it, it'll probably come out a year after the launch of the system, which is kind of hysterical to me because you think with Wii, Virtual Console came out day and date with the system. 3DS, it was about three months after launch. Wii U was about six months after launch. And for the Switch, it's probably going to be a year. Mm, it keeps and, getting worse. Yeah. And like, and maybe part of that is the realization that the NES Classic sold a buttload way more than they expected. And virtual console games on Wii U and 3DS outside of like Pokemon, like I don't think they were really that that big of a sales driver. I maybe I mean the, there's those rumors and murmurs of an SNES Classic coming out in uh in this fall. Like this could be, I mean maybe even the push to those classic games into next year are clearing the deck for the Super Nintendo Classic to show up. Yeah. RZA36 says PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live are complete ripoffs. Hell, $20 is a ripoff too, but I'll choose Nintendo's $20. I feel this is a slightly harsh opinion <laughs> because PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live, if you play the video games, you're still getting four to six games per month that you can play as long as you have a subscription. And there, there's usually at least one or two really good ones in there that, that justify the seven or eight bucks i guess i guess it cost that month and then twenty dollars is a ripoff too you say but i i i can't say i agree with that because i'm, I'm gonna state the potentially obvious here but online services are more complicated more elaborate and support more complicated and elaborate and uh better games than online services did 10 years ago and granted, it, it it cost money on some platforms to pay for online 10 years ago. But especially in 2017, online systems are far more complex and the games are far more complex and we're moving closer to an online-focused video game industry. I mean, Nintendo, it, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't take them as a company that would have so many online games, but their last two character-driven franchises, ARMS and Splatoon, are primarily online multiplayer. So it seems like even them are getting into the same headspace. Uh, RZA says Wii U was free. I didn't have too many issues with Splatoon on the Wii U. Well, well when 12 people are playing your system, it's pretty yeah. easy to have good online for <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If the Wii U charged for online, it would have been its equivalent of the Vita's memory cards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's... that's... That's a good analogy right there. <laughs> okay. I think that covers the Nintendo online service, which takes us to our next topic. Speaking of online, there's a certain person in this conversation that has been playing Nintendo's new multiplayer online video game, ARMS. And Neil, that yes. person's you. Yep. Um, if you can see, I have uh, the neon controllers as well. They sent um, you those? Yeah, yeah, they're they're flashy. You see, I'm in I'm in party mode right now. There's there's no one, no one online right now. Um, but yeah, uh, no, Arms is really cool. Um, I cannot. I am embargoed from talking about the end of Grand Prix mode and giving the game a review score. Other than that, I can basically talk about everything else. Um, <laughs> But, uh, I, I mean, a lot of people have been playing probably what I would say is the best part of ARMS, which is that party multiplayer mode that they've been showing off in the test punch. Um, that's kind of where the bread and butter is. There are some more modes, and 
you can, you know, through like friends, through friends matches, you can kind of like customize whatever uh, mode you actually want to play, which is kind of nice. Um, locally, you can do the same. There's ranked matches as well that I've gotten into a few, but not enough to really kind of see the see how that ranked mode could improve or not improve. Um, if I had a disappointment thus far with ARMS, it's that the the Grand Prix single player mode, um, it's it's almost like with with uh, you know uh, the the producer on ARMS is uh, Yabuki uh, Kasuki. Yabuki, I think that's his name. Uh, he's the producer of Mario Kart 8. And in a lot of ways, ARMS is very reminiscent of Mario Kart 8. Yeah. Because it's got all these awesome multiplayer things and like it plays great. It's awesome. And then if you're coming out this as a single player, there's not a whole hell of a lot. Like I think your mileage with ARMS is going to be how much do you get into the actual, like the, the, the gameplay and the feel. And are you going to play a lot online? Do you have someone in the house with you that you could play multiplayer with? Do you have friends nearby that you could play multiplayer with? Like that's, if you're not into multiplayer, I don't think ARMS is necessarily for you. But I think that everybody should try ARMS. Uh, if you haven't, if you have a Switch or have a friend with a Switch, uh, you still have the rest of this weekend to play the test punch. Definitely check that out. That'll give you a really good, um, kind of li- like a, a really good, a really good test punch. Mm. Of if you'd like to play more arms, would you call the quantity of content Splatoon-like? Um, no, because Splatoon had a really good single player, even if it was short. Uh, so room for improvement on I the think, quantity of arms content. I think that, uh, at least at least for me with Splatoon One, um, when that came out, if there were no more additions to that game, I would have still f- I, I still felt like there was enough depth to that game. Um, that's me. There were a lot of other people that thought that like the, the map content and everything like that was a little lacking. Um, and like the modes, like, I, I just think turf war is, is like beautiful alchemy. And like that, that game was incredible. Even with, a I think it had four or five maps at launch. Um, a lot of people kind of disagreed with me there. A lot of people thought that they needed more content and they got it with the free updates. I think that arms has more content I, I feel like Arms feels more fully formed than Splatoon did day one, but I think that's also the kind of game that if if they do, you know, they're going to add characters, Arms, stages, modes. Um, I forget exactly what they promised they're going to add. I know definitely new characters are on the way. Um, they keep on adding stuff like that. Like maybe Arms does have legs, mm. uh, <laughs> uh, but I but yeah, I do I do think that the content there is really good for a debut fighting game, like. If this was Arms, maybe uh, Ultra Ultra Arms Two, the Final Challengers, and it came mm. out with this kind of content, maybe that would be disappointing. But this is this is Arms One. Uh, it it's got such a new, fresh fighting fighting gameplay to it that the maybe little bit of lacking content, uh, it's not that bad. Is Arms One the Battlefield style sequel that comes out in <laughs> ten years? Yeah, it's it's it, yeah it's it's. It's actually Wonder Woman uh, is in it. Her France arms, the lassos. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's also got Warren G. Harding. I think he's <laughs> he, he might be the final boss. Ah, uh, crap, I can't say that. Spoilers. The, um, I, I think I fought something actually tonight in the test punch that might have been the final boss. It's uh, Twintail's oh. booty. Oh, no. do, they, do they have that show up in the test punch? Do explain, yeah. because I can't say anything about oh, it, but you no. totally can. Don't, don't. <laughs> yeah. 
Mm. Okay, <laughs> don't don't give away who it is. Just tell the story, I guess, without spoilers. There there were a few occasions in which three three people yeah. in the party were thrown into a three on one match against I can't even remember its name now, but it had six arms. I mean, it's it's a thing that's been. They actually there was a Twitter post kind of teasing that. I was I I didn't I was I was busy during the test punch tonight, so I didn't really follow up to see if he actually did show up. Looks like he did. That's cool. Um, so play the test punch, and you might be able to say something that I can't talk about for another week. Okay. I played the test punch last week. I think that's a very good video game. The first time I played it was in the January event when the Switch was first revealed, and and I had a kind of a negative reaction, although that might be due to the demo environment when you can only play one round. I only wanted to play by myself. I didn't even want to play with anyone else, so I played the CPU. So that wasn't the ideal environment. Actually playing the test punch by myself, that game sort of gets your adrenaline pumping in a way that even Splatoon didn't for me. Dude, there, there's, like, I've had so many instances of, like, I'm near death fighting for my life and, like, <laughs> Okay, yeah, sometimes I, I still just lose. But there have been times where like I I'm like one or like other other player could sneeze on me and I'd be dead. Yeah. Um and I'll come back and like whittle whittle away like a third of the life bar to come back and win. Like there's that 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 game's got a really nice flow to it in which if you kind of know the basics and you can kind of avoid stuff and, and block things and counter, then you can do some really cool things even if you're not like pro level. Because I would, I would, don't, I don't really think I'm that. I, I think I, I like. Uh, there's seven difficulty settings. Um, I can regularly beat the fourth one, which that's like uh, the four. You have to, you have to beat Grand Prix on the fourth difficulty to even unlock rank matches. So that's kind of like I would say like that's almost like the. If you want to be good at arms, get up to that fourth difficulty level. But I've I've tried five. I tried seven a couple times and just got hosed. The AI gets deadly in this game. Uh, but five, I, I'm kind of, I'm struggling to consistently beat five, but I can consistently beat difficulty level four. It's a lot of fun. It's uh, David, you're not much of a fighting game guy, but you, you played it a little bit. Yeah, I did get to uh, try it out tonight actually. And yeah, it definitely confirmed that I am not a fighting uh, game person. It's I'm bad. And yeah. <laughs> I, I lost almost every match and I don't know what it was, but I tried the motion controls, and they were just awful for me. Really? I don't know. If I just I, I could not get my character to even move anywhere. I I was able to punch and you know do the throws, but couldn't move. So I went to the uh, the little adapter or whatever they call it, um, and just the played grip. it. Yeah, the grip. So I played it using that. And that was a little better. I, I still lost a lot, um, but it, it's fun. I mean, it, it's unique, colorful. It's it is fun. But I might try out another uh, another session this weekend. But um, I, it's really no no fighting game is gonna sell me on it. It's it's just not not gonna happen. Yeah. yeah, and and that boss that that I fought tonight, his name is Headlock. H e a d l o k. He had a big head too. If I remember. Yeah, big head and a lot of arms. So, I do have I do have to say, um, I kind of I I talked a lot of smack about the motion controls and how like oh that's the way to play the game. Uh, I've 
kind of, I started playing just out of necessity because uh, playing at motion controls handheld like I'm doing right now um, is kind of kind of a bear. So through that, just through the review process, I've been playing a little more of the stationary controls and I kind of like it more. Really? I, I I've, found it I've been getting, I've been, <laughs> It's weird. Like, I think it's um, like commit to one and pick one. I think going between both is going to be a real pain for people. Because that's actually what I found is that I went back to motion controls after playing a lot stationary, and it was very difficult to go back. Because mm. I think I think that there are there are kind of nuances in both that once you kind of get used to them, there's a little bit of like an unlearning process to get used to the other control method. Yeah. Which is what happened to me initially is that I was very used to motion controls, and I did not like the the stationary controls. But then after getting used to them, it was hard to go back. Mm. Yeah, I. I would imagine that you are probably correct. The motion controls aren't perfect for that that said. Like even even in ideal conditions, and I do have mostly ideal conditions, it was the character was still moving a little bit in ways it shouldn't have been. The punches still weren't landing completely. The movement wasn't a hundred percent precise in the way that, that a competitive fighting game should be. But it had a certain intuitive nature to it that is very comparable to the way it feels to use the gyro aiming in Splatoon. I that That's how I feel with ARMS. Is It's still not perfect motion controls, but it's further there than any game I've played in the past. And I'll throw this out as well. I was using, last weekend, I mainly used A and B for my left and right punch. I made a concerted effort this time to use ZL, ZL and ZR as the punch buttons this time. And it made a world of difference because it could easily map to okay, this is the left punch, this is the right punch. That was actually that's that's what the turning point for me with getting used to the the, the stationary controls was using the triggers for the punches as opposed to the face buttons. Mm-hmm. That sounds that sounds right. Because yeah, the A and B, I just I couldn't grasp it because there were there were buttons mapped. It felt like to the wrong place. I, I don't know. Maybe that's what yeah. the Nintendo people felt that the best one was, but I, I feel like most people are going to go with a different default. Yeah, no, I mean if you use the tr- if you use the triggers for the punches when you're playing non-motion, um, I think that's that is the way to go because then it also lets your it lets your thumb on the face buttons be more focused on the dodge and the jump as opposed to having to do those along with the punches. Yeah. I was actually in a pretty even split on that, which was kind of unusual. I did the uh, left trigger for the left, but I pressed A for the right punch. I, kinda, I mean, that's still, like, that kind of makes sense in a way, though, because you're still yeah. doing left and right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it, so it just felt good for when I was playing. Okay. There's ARMS for now. It comes yeah, out in um, a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. June, June 7th, I think, is the embargo. I think that's next Wednesday. And yep. 16th yeah, is yeah, the release yeah. date. Yeah, and then it comes out the 16th. Um, for people that are going to be paying attention to our uh, our E3 coverage, which we'll be announcing a schedule of some sort next week, um, on this this here YouTube page, um, the morning before the Nintendo Spotlight and during that day, we're going to be doing a lot of streaming right here in this room that I'm in right now. Uh, Justin Baruby will be joining me. Casey Gibson will be joining me and, and some other friends. Our, our buddies from Third Rate Minion will be joining me as well. And we are going to be streaming some ARMS during that, around E3, probably do some kind of like tournament thing amongst us. Um, we have, we're, we're limited to how much we can stream. 
um, until launch day, but I'm saving the, the hour, the, the, the two hours that we can stream for, for then. So that way we can have a, a big, dumb local multiplayer session that we can show off to all of you. There you go. There you go. Stay tuned. Nintendo World Report TV, NintendoWorldReport.com, and Patreon.com slash NWR. Next story. So a couple quick hits for you. Do you remember NBA Playgrounds, that game that wasn't as good as we wanted it to be? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that game. So here's their great solution. So apparently the Switch version, not only is it a poor version of a a relatively poor game. Okay. I don't think that the Switch version is demonstrably worse from the other versions. I just think that's a shitty game. But it's the like, shittiest and, version of a shitty well, game. Well, the, the version that came out on launch on all platforms had the same issues of, like, the shooting's stupid. Yeah. And, like, it just sit back and shoot threes. Like, that's the game. Yeah. Well, that, to be fair, that is the NBA now. <laughs> no, I mean, threes. that's why it is, It is. I think my abstract said as much, this is, this is the most Steph Curry b- basketball video game ever. Right. You sit back, shoot threes. And but, Shaq is, like, a 100% three-point shooter. And then oh, you learn shit. why, because the same company's publishing Shaq Fu. Oh boy! Speaking of Shaq Fu, Sabers NBA Playgrounds. the The game was broken on Switch, and their solution for it being broken on Switch, which it's the online functionality that was well. Messed so up, they right? they announced uh, when this they announced the release date, they said that the online for Switch would become would come a few days after launch. That game came out almost a month ago. There's still no online on Switch. But it's coming very soon in the next few days. Yeah. Switch players needed some kind of compensation. And their compensation would be that the Shaq Fu 2 game coming out later this year will be given free for a limited time to all players that purchased NBA Playgrounds before this update goes live. Which, yeah, like, you want to talk about bad bad video games? Let's talk Shaq Fu. Well, to be fair, like they they they, when they posted the information about this. They they showed a trailer for Shaq Fu, uh, and I think it's called Shaq Fu: The Legend Reborn. Yeah, and yeah. the trailer is basically just like thirty seconds of like, yo, the original game's a pile of trash, but we're gonna try to make a good one. And yeah. you know what? Maybe that Shaq Fu game won't be terrible just because the name is toxic. Which, you know, why bring it back? If so, it, it was a successful Kickstarter, unlike Rap Rabbit. Um, oh, it's still like 15% yeah, but like half of the Kickstarter. Although I think I also do remember hearing stuff with like that Shaq Fu game that like some of those, like there were some questionable elements about that crowdfunding campaign. But even still, like that game might not be garbage. And I can definitely say as someone who has NBA Playgrounds, um, I'm okay, like if, if I, if I spent my $20 on NBA Playgrounds, I'll take any kind of freebie to compensate for it that they want to send my way. Mm. I'll, I'll just wait for the online patch before I buy it. I think that's yeah. the best way for me to handle it. I mean, if you want my sincere advice to anybody considering buying NBA Playgrounds, just don't. Um, but if you did, download Shaq Fu, I guess. Right, right. Yeah, they're not going to get new purchases for NBA Playgrounds at this point. Shaq Fu isn't necessarily the way to do it. In fact, originally, I was hoping that they were just giving Shaq Fu out for free to any Switch owner as a measure of good faith. For I mean, I like place. really, I, I think it's good that they're doing something. It, that's Something is better than nothing in this case. It, um, it's just they, they have very limited options for a Mia Culpa yeah. at this point. 
I mean, still, like, like, I mean, I feel, I feel like we're too hung up on the original Shaq Fu was terrible. Ergo, any follow up to that game must be terrible. Mm. Maybe it's, it's this is Lee shut up and James Guyden. Who knows? Yeah. Oh man, there's still a sequel for that on the way. So, I, I, kick, I kickstarted it like four or five years ago. Mm. Still yeah. is coming out. But if you if you've never played Barkley, shut up and Jam Guyden, go do that. That game is great. What a depressing trajectory for great arcade series from the GameCube era. I'm, I'm thinking of two series in particular. I'm thinking of NBA Street, which had a wonderful first game, a wonderful second game, a wonderful third game, a much lesser fourth game. There was a fourth one? And do you remember Home Court? No. Home Court came out on PS3 and Xbox 360. Uh, okay, that's it, probably... I, I think the last one I played was 3 on GameCube where you could play as um, Mario, Luigi, and Peach, and I think and the also Beastie the Boys. Beastie Boys. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and you can play as like these fictional uh, old-school basketball players that didn't actually exist. It was. It was I mean, NBA, NBA Street, like those games were great. Oh, V three is so good. Everyone has a different favorite. You you know how how you can tell a trilogy is good. Everyone has perfectly good reasons for why any of those three are the best games. The first game has Graylian Alien in it, and as well as Bigfoot, as well as I think the Abominable Snowman. Like you can make <laughs> that your team. It was it was it was a great time. It also had Michael Jordan in it, which is which is of course a lot of fun. The other series I'm thinking of that had a, a tragic downfall, which I, I just, it has nothing to do with this, but it's, it kind of goes hand in hand with NBA Street, is Def Jam. Because Def Jam is the kind of series, first game was amazing, second game was amazing, third game was Def Jam Icon, which single-handedly destroyed that series. It had a very similar trajectory to NBA Street. And now, hip-hop wrestling games... And basketball street games can never be made great again. What about like wasn't there a Wu Tang game on the PlayStation? We need more Wu Tang yeah. games. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I would take a tribe called Quest. That'd be pretty good too. Well, at, at least a the tri- Jam tribe called Quest are Zero Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> and at least the developers of Def Jam Vendetta are doing something constructive now, even if it is style savvy. They're the ones making style savvy. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, I didn't realize it was Sin Sophia. Is is it like Splatoon and Arms, where you can see weird strands of DNA from from the previous work? Is is, is can you uh, well, find a... Scarface in uh, in in uh, style savvy? Uh, you can make some of the some of the people in that game look like they were uh, rap, extras in a rap video. I'm pretty sure. Mm. I'm trying to think of what rappers were actually in Def Jam. I know Sean Paul was in the third game, but I... <laughs> <laughs> Duddy Rock. Um, Ice-T was in the first one, so I, was, that, that was, was the, the one I... He was my main. Okay, so him and Scarface, I remember from the first game. Anyways, that, that's that's all beside the point. There's There's a little NBA street talk for you. Lost Fear, Donald, huh? Yeah, uh, so we got Def Jam Vendetta. Huh? <laughs> Ghostface was in Def Jam Vendetta. <laughs> uh, Funkmaster Flex. <laughs> oh man. Are you oh, looking man. at the list? Yeah. Is Luda is Luda yep, yep. the Luda's the, new, there. the new host of Fear Factor? Meth Redman. 
I like just calling Red Man Redman. <laughs> you sound just like I had to clear up that like I know how to say his fucking name. Just like saying Redman. Redman is a uh, is, is a hardcore rapper. Redman is a guy with a dog in a yard. Everybody loves Redman. Red- <laughs> Redman is where Microsoft and Nintendo are headquartered. Uh, there's the I am Satsuna follow up that no one asked for, Donald. Yeah, the so. There was a trailer that came out uh, earlier this week for Lost Sphere, spelt S-P-H-E-A-R, because, well, screw the English language. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks to be very similar in combat system to what uh, I Am Setsuna did, except you have more range of move, you have more free movement with the characters. But the two most important things that, that I Am Setsuna did for me were the... they've, they've that Lost Sphere has. Lost Sphere has more musical instruments in the soundtrack, and they have something that is not winter. It's it's just it's kind of disappointing for that Tokyo RPG Factory because like the whole point of that was to kind of like oh we're gonna make these classic style RPGs and basically all they did was make like sad sad winter Chrono Trigger and now they're doing like sad spring Chrono Trigger like. <laughs> There's a lot of other Super Nintendo RPGs that you or even PlayStation One RPGs you could you can model yourself after, and all they're doing is just like I don't know, Chrono Trigger's cool. Mm. Yeah, depression has been the main theme of art over the last five years. I don't know if you've <laughs> noticed, but it's like it's different forms of nihilism and existential dread have been like the the main focus of like one in every three movies and narrative-driven video games. I'm into it, but it's 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 starting to get a little tired. Yeah. And that's when, like, I I still haven't checked out I Am Setsuna. I kind of want to, especially like knowing. I mean, I guess there's a part of me that's like, oh, there's there's another RPG from that studio coming out. I wonder if I Am Setsuna is actually any good. And I've kind of heard mixed things about it because I don't, I, and it's I don't know if like, do people just like are they comforted by it because it reminds them of Chrono Trigger, which like that might work really well for me. Is it actually a well-made game, or is it just kind of like a slog? I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting very curious. I'll probably on a sad day, I'll buy a sad video game. Yeah, when I when I reviewed it, it's at the low end of the scores that I would give recommendations to. As in, probably you'll want to wait for that game to go on sale because it's it's a. I, I find it really hard to recommend, even if you're really depressed at forty bucks. What's the best sad video game? I'm thinking about To the Moon right now. That's a that's a damn good game. It's a damn good sad game. The the sequel's coming out soon. Walking Dead, the first season. Yeah, is, is a sad time game. Persona three. Persona three, four, and five are games you really should play when you want to feel depressed for about three days after beating them. <laughs> especially. Like, I mean, you have stuff like Final Fantasy VI, but, like, that kind of has a good ending. Like, there's yeah. depressing parts along the way. I guess mm. you don't have a lot of games where, like, evil triumphs over good, like, at the end. Like, usually, like, you win. <laughs> That's a little disappointing, actually. I I always feel like there should be more narratives with unapologetic villains as the protagonists who just win at the end. Yeah. Those don't really exist, and maybe for good reason, but it feels like someone should try. Um, Just like an RPG where 
like you actually get to the end, you, you get to the end of the game and it's like, oh, it's the end of the world. You lost. <laughs> or you win because that's your goal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or or you slaughter the main characters who are really likable main, like your antagonists <laughs> are who the protagonist should have been and they're really likable and charismatic and they all have families. Like and I was... I was t- yeah, I was I was talking to someone um, who was a part of a D and D campaign where, uh, like, everybody was like the the party they were all playing villains, and like there were like protagonist characters that they would run into, um, and that's just I mean that seems like an interesting concept mm. that maybe I mean maybe there's a video game that's already done that and I'm not aware of it I don't know but like, not like Suicide Squad, but like no, a, Mega a good version. You ever see Megamind? That's actually like a really it's good DreamWorks bad. film. Yeah, it's it's no Shrek one, but what is? You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there you go. Oh, and after you get depressed after playing all these video games, might I recommend Euro Truck Simulator Two, the game I've been using to deal with stress over the last few weeks? Because you just get in a truck, listen to European radio stations online, and drive a truck across continental Europe. It, it's, yeah, it's, I, have a, I, have a, I have a buddy of mine who just um, he just moved into a new house. Uh, his wife is pregnant unexpectedly, and he's like, every night I, I bought my wheel online. I'm playing Euro Truck Simulator too, and I'm just <laughs> drinking a beer and just working jobs in in Europe. Neil, do That's you have helping him a lot? Do you have a PC? Uh, yeah. It's gonna be five bucks on some Steam sale when you. Pay oh no! Like, like I, I talked to him at great length about this. I think I might be getting Euro Truck Simulator at some point in my life. So good! It's my. I try explaining what the point is to my girlfriend. I'm like, yeah, there's 30 minutes where you just go from Luxembourg to Germany, and that's all you do. You listen to radio stations. You make sure you follow all the traffic signs, and you make sure that 30,000 pounds of goat cheese gets from Luxembourg to Germany and that's all you have to do and you listen to German pop music and for some reason it's the most cathartic thing I've ever experienced in a video game you go to the steam reviews and it's these people who've played these games for over a thousand hours calling themselves sim freaks and there's something to these games that no one understands but everyone should (laughs) That's my like. I mean, I have messed around with um, Desert Bus Simulator before, which yeah. I, I feel like that, that that's on the same the you know the the exclusive genre of truck simulators, um, where there's like I don't know there's four of them, um, yeah. but Desert Bus like, I mean that's more of like kind of a joke in that like, the the truck continually just veers off a little bit to the left, and it's just nothing for eight hours or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is something kind of like nice and pleasant about that consistent, that consistent motion mm. and just like simple tasks that there's a reward at the end. It's, it's pleasant is, is what I'll say. Oh, we have, we have a news story. David, let me ask you something. Are you much of a monster hunter fella? Uh, monster hunter four got me into it. So I would say, yeah. Okay. So, are you excited about the potential for Monster Hunter Double X coming to the Nintendo Switch? You know what? I, I was actually just talking to my uh, brother-in-law about this. I was excited for it, but after seeing the trailer, it doesn't look any better than the 3DS version of Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. 
And like, I want to see this game built from the ground up and looking in perfect 1080p HD, and it it just looks the same. And I'm mm. kind of kind of disappointed in it, but I'm I'm hope I hope there's a demo because I want to still try it and play it. But I mean, I put 150 plus hours into Monster Hunter 4, and I loved it. So we'll see. Yeah, it's coming to Japan this summer. Let me let me see. It says. Donald, what's the date on this guy? Uh, August, August 25th, I believe. August 25th. It's a port of the 3DS version of the expanded sequel to Monster Hunter Generations. It's like it's kind of a sequel, but it's just the same game with more missions. They yeah, they added the G rank missions in that were left out of the original game that we got as Generations. Yeah, that seems that seems all right. It seems like the Monster Hunter Three Ultimate on consoles rather than a new console Monster Hunter game. I, I guess I'm excited about the potential of Monster Hunter XX on a big screen or any kind of new modern Monster Hunter on a big screen, like like anyone else would be, I, I suppose. But I agree, David. It's the 3DS game and Monster Hunter Generations on its own was not a great Monster Hunter game. If you played it, it was extremely bloated. It had way too many pointless missions, and it took too long to actually get to the good Monster Hunter Generations missions. I don't know. Did you play that game? I did not. No, I, I actually skipped that one. I, I got burned out after Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. Could not even pick up my 3DS for months after that. Mm. Yeah. And anything else on Monster Hunter Generations Two from either of you boys? Uh, you think this is coming west? Um, I think this would be a good excuse to bring Double Cross over. Yeah, like I, I have a feeling we're, I maybe we don't see the 3DS version of Double Cross and we see the Switch version instead. Yeah, I think that's exactly what they're going to do, but it, it won't be until 2018 sometime. What's this free E3 pass thing, Donald? Have you been reading up on this? Um, we, well, it just broke from noted bot Wario 64. Uh, apparently if you go to live.playstation.com and have the ability to pay for a flight to LA and accommodations while you're there, you can get a prosumer pass from Sony that will get you into E3. That's crazy. That E3 is in a really different spot now than it was a couple of years ago, isn't it? Yeah. As in, I don't think we'll recognize this show next year. Uh, considering if there is an E3. There will be an E3. I just... I, I question whether there will be an E3 five years from now. I mean, we're definitely going in that direction. Like, I was... I was Like, uh, Kotaku has been doing these things every year where they kind of, like, grade the previous... Like, did, did, did Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft live up to what they promised? And they did Sony's today. And it was a good reminder of how the really cool stuff from last year's Sony's press conference, we haven't really seen anything about any of them in a year. Like, Spider-Man, Days Gone, God of War, like, we'll probably see all of them this year. Um, But, like, they announced all these things, and there's a lot of, like, emptiness through that. And uh, someone pointed out to me, a friend of the the site, uh, Brondorf, Ryan Grove, um, he made a comment about how he's just like, well, PSX is kind of where Sony does the show that I'd rather see. And I have to agree with them that like the past, the past few years, the PSX press conference from Sony has been way more interesting and appealing to me because I mean, they're going directly to their base there. Whereas at E3, it's kind of like more of like, 
they need they're going to a broader audience there so it is a little bit more of that that wider like couple years in the future picture than psx which is a lot more like here's the stuff coming out sooner Mm. or or if you look at 2015 stuff that's going to come out in 2025 yeah yeah like i mean that's what like i i and and maybe there's a tinge of bias the fact that we're on nintendoworldreport.com and that you know i like nintendo stuff generally more but i do like how nintendo's press conferences or or their their directs are usually like here's what's coming out within the next like six months Mm. like that's probably what we're going to see out of the the spotlight is probably a big focus on things coming out in 2017 probably a few things that might get pushed to 2018 or that are already set for early 2018 Right, like they'll give you a couple of those teases of like, here's something that's going to come out eight to twelve months from now. Yeah, but like, like you look back at last year, they announced Ever Oasis. Ever Oasis is coming out a week after E3 this year, yeah. or the year before that, where they announced uh, Federation Force, which I mean wound up getting delayed a couple months, but would have been right on track to come out right around E3 the next year. Like Nintendo's very good at, I mean, barring a system completely failing or delays. They're like, all right, here's what we're showing you. It'll be out within the next 12 months. Yeah, yeah. And compare that to Sony. I mean, God of War, I would say, is was the coolest looking game to me at last year's E3. Yeah, and we haven't seen shit about it. You could since. tell in that original trailer that that game had late 2018, early 2019 written yeah. all over it. I mean, yeah. it and, might be early 2018, but still. And that's when, like, and, and it's not to... I guess not to kind of completely crap on Sony and that like, you know, Horizon Horizon came out so close to Zelda and everything I read and hear about Horizon seems like, oh, it's like Zelda, but not what I want. So so I don't have a lot of like, I, I'll probably play Horizon at some point, but I'm in no rush. Um, and Sony has put out good games in the past year. It's just not a lot of things that I'm really into. And the things that I'm more into, like that God of War game looks incredible. Uh, that Spider-Man game looks amazing. Uh, but but we saw those last year. I got excited from last year, and it's hard for me to be stoked for another Sony press conference, probably filled with and new announcements for games that are coming out in two to three years. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel you. Speaking of E3, it's gotten to that time of the show. It's it's our closing point in the show. In fact, when we're going to be doing some predictions for E3, I. We knew we were going to be doing this in advance, but we didn't really plan much in advance. So my idea was, depending on whether Neil would be here for this or not, we would do 12 total predictions, which would be we go around in a circle and we make three total. It can be dumb. It can be silly. It can be real. It can be boring. But let, let's try to get 12 predictions out of us today. Okay. Um, my prediction is going to be a general one for E3, and it can be about anything you want that that relates to E3. Keep it towards Nintendo or E3 as a show, probably, but E3, if, if you have something that's third-party, whatever, okay. My first prediction, while you guys think about your first predictions, is that E3 is going to be even worse than we think. <laughs> Explain. That's a good prediction. I think people are starting to lower their expectations. They're allowing the public in, the leaks are slowing down, and it seems like they're slowing down because there's less to leak this year is, is the vibe that a lot of people are getting. It seems like the there are like a lot more press conferences, but it seems like it's more of a consumer slant. And it, it's a gut feeling that's based on nothing but me talking out of my ass. 
I, but I, I just I have bad feelings about this E3 in the same way that last E3 was kind of lesser in the same way that the E3 before that was in some ways kind of lesser. I think E3 is going to continue a downward trend. I guess my, my first prediction, I'll kind of piggyback on that in the, the negative train here. Um, and I guess I'll kind of have to, it'll kind of speak to the, the show in general and a little bit of third party stuff. Um, I, this is a little bit, optimism and also like it has to be i think that microsoft's press conference is going to be very very solid i i will be i think i'll be surprised if besides nintendo's show i think that microsoft's is going to be the one that i'm going to like the most with scorpio and whatnot um and i don't even i think it like it's it's the kind of thing like I don't think I'm gonna want to buy a Scorpio at the end of the Z3. It's just that if Microsoft wants to stick around and be relevant in games, they need to do something. Mm. Um, and not that like I mean not that like you know oh if like they come out as a week E3 they're doomed, but it's just that like what exclusives do they have that mean shit? Like Sony's got a lot of good good game like they I mean at least Sony's doing a good well of like hyping up Days Gone, God of War, Spider Man. Um, you know they had Horizon. They have a lot of these exclusives. For Microsoft, it's kind of like they're all, they're they've got Gears of War and Halo still, and like those aren't moving the needle as much. Like they need to have something else, and I hope that they show it at E3, and it's awesome. And uh, my my second half to that first prediction is, I and this is also a little bit from booking appointments as well. So I guess I have a little a little actual knowledge here. I think outside of Nintendo's booth, the Switch is going to be really hard to find. And I think that you're going to see a lot of people um, either be mad or write a lot of think pieces about how the Switch is doomed. Because I think because the Switch is doing well, people love the Switch. And I think there's going to be a lot of disappointment if outside of Nintendo's booth, you you don't see the Switch anywhere else. I, I wonder if what Switch games will be there will get an, an inordinate amount of attention because of the fact that the Switch is sort of the hottest thing right now. I think that Nintendo's booth is going to be, um, I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll have more than just than one game. And then last year they did really good for just having one damn game. I think that Nintendo's booth is probably going to be the busiest on the show floor, um, which I guess isn't really that different, but like, I mean, they, they managed to do it last year with just Zelda. And I can tell you from being to the E3s between 2009 and, and 2015, that there were some years where Nintendo's booth was pretty light. Like I can think of um, the one with Smash Brothers, but Smash Brothers moved really quickly. But like that was a that was a packed year, and the 3DS year was absolutely nuts. Other than that, like it was kind of like okay, mm-hmm. like the first Wii U year was tight, but the second one was empty, was scary. You could tell a lot about how screwed that system was. Yeah, David, I'll I'll leave the next one to you. What's your first prediction? about E3. You know, I'm, I'm going to go with something kind of, um, it's it's going to be a little bit more pushed out to 2018. It's going to go off of the fact that they delayed the paid online service to 2018. I th- actually think they are going to tease the uh, Super Smash Brothers game for Switch, and it's going to launch coinciding with the um, the paid online service. That was that was going to be one of my predictions. <laughs> yeah, I just I just had this feeling, you know. Obviously, it's you know it's not going to come out this year. The uh, the uh, Super Smash Brothers game with uh, Super Mario Odyssey coming out, hopefully 
by the end of the year. And um, they have uh, two other great games, you know, with Arms and Splatoon or two big multiplayer games. But um, they come out with Smash Brothers in early 2018 and do the paid online service. And I mean, that would be a slam dunk for them. Mm. That's a, that's a good prediction. That's substantive, substantive, substantial. Okay, there's a word. It's nice. white. Yeah, great. Donald. Uh, Donald. Okay. Um, I think there will be one reason for an intent for Nintendo people to follow the three third-party press conferences: the Bethesda one that's at one o'clock in the morning my time. Ubisoft and EA, but only one. No, I mean Ubisoft will probably also show off Steep for Nintendo Switch. Well, well <laughs> I almost got that one out. I'm sorry. Did anybody play that game? I'm kind of interested in it. I never, I, mean, I haven't played. It. it came out last December, and I think everybody forgot that it came out. It, exactly, it looked kind of cool. So I don't. Yeah. I, just, I mean, like I remember, like I actually did because I was I, I like I like me some extreme sports games. Um, everything that I read about Steep, and I played the beta a little bit. Uh, it seems all right, but like not like I wish it were more like old SSX or 1080. And it doesn't. It seems like it was like it was like a Ubisoft open world game, but with snowboarding. Oh, okay, so it's no like yeah. too extreme. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I think Ubisoft will have the the rabbits game that we've leaked already. Uh, uh, <laughs> Bethesda will probably mention at least mention Skyrim on Switch, and I think. At EA's Dog and Pony show, they'll be crazy enough to trot out FIFA for Switch. I don't know if they'll be at the press conference or not, but I mean, we know that uh, FIFA on Switch will be playable at at EA Play. Okay. Yeah, it's. I bet it shows up in Nintendo's uh, "quote unquote" digital event. Like I, I, I mean, there will probably be a third party roundup. Part. I wonder if they're going to keep the same, uh, the same style as the recent direct. Where like, are they going to do like this kind of headline things, kind of buoyed by like, here's something on Mario Odyssey, here's something on Xenoblade Chronicles, here's something that you didn't know. Yeah. My second prediction. I'm gonna put some game-related predictions together that could be two separate predictions, but I'm just gonna make it one prediction. There's gonna be one huge game. Whose pupper is that? That ain't mine. Uh, that's probably mine, maybe. Oh, it's okay. This sounds like a good boy. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, my prediction. There will be one huge Nintendo game there that we don't know about that's slated for the next six months. And I have two guesses for what it could be. One's less ambitious and less realistic. One's more ambitious, also not totally realistic. But it's prediction season, so I want to say something fun. Okay, here's here. You're gonna get one of these two games, but not both. You're gonna get the Retro Studios game, which I think is Metroid, or you're going to get Pokemon Sun and Moon or Star. You're gonna you're gonna get one of those two games at Nintendo's E3, but not both. That's 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 what I have to say. It 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 sounded bolder in my head, but it actually doesn't sound that crazy now. <laughs> I was actually thinking that was one of my predictions too. I was thinking either Pokemon would be a huge game for them, but not this year, only because of uh, Mario. But maybe they changed the 
release for Pokemon and bring it out in the spring instead of the fall like they normally do. But it's it's a good year for Metroid though, I think. Yeah, I think this yeah. could be a good year for Metroid. I I have a feeling we're going to see a tease for Metroid. Like that'll be a spring 2018 game. Oh yeah, we don't get it this year. I just yeah. need an E3's press conference. We finally announce it. Yeah. We we got Mario and Zelda this year. We can't be too greedy. Um, yeah, what do you think this is? 2002? Yeah. <laughs> hey man, Zelda got delayed to 2003 in America. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, we it's I think it's Neil's turn. Okay. Um so I think um my my prediction here is we're going to get word of the next Masahiro Sakurai joint. Um, it won't be Smash Brothers. It will be something else. Um, I think if there is a Smash Brothers port, I think it's... I mean, the, the, the rumor, I think it was like a year and a half ago um, that Bandai Namco was working on the, the Smash Brothers Switch port. Um, I, I think that is true. I think that Sakurai is probably somewhat involved in it, but not in a directorial role. Um but I think that Sakurai's been working on something else. He's been since that DLC ended. It's been like almost. It's been a year and a half. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if we we see Sakurai showing up and talking about a Switch game. Mm, I I mean, no, there's no such thing as a bad prediction, and, and yours is a fine prediction. I guess the part where I show hesitation is how freely Sakurai talks about Nintendo in his Famitsu columns, combined with the possibility that maybe he'd pull a Game Freak and make something on a non-Nintendo platform? Or does that seem too unreasonable? I, I mean, I can see that happening. And and I guess I guess maybe if I... I don't know if I necessarily committed to... It's a Switch game. But maybe we just hear about a Sakurai game no matter what. At the Sony uh, press conference. <laughs> oh, God. That would be a knife-in-the-heart moment, man. <laughs> Um, be glorious. Like I think all the bad things they said about Sony press conferences would go out the window because that would be like the most baller Lannister move that Sony could make. And Just also, out Sakurai. And also, it's Masahiro Sakurai directed, made by Game Freak, Tembo the Badass Elephant <laughs> 2 at the Sony press conference on every console but Switch. <laughs> 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 but, I mean, I, I just... Uh, Maybe it's a little bit because I want to see a new Sakurai game, but I also have a feeling that after how long, how much time he spent with Smash Brothers, I feel like we're due for a, a medios smaller game, uh, maybe as opposed to another big ambitious one. But but who knows? I would like to see a new Sakurai game, so hopefully we'll see it at E three. Nice, David. Uh, you know what? My next one's gonna be kind of, I think, pretty easy. I think that Nintendo could definitely do this and. I, they're going to do a surprise announcement with Mother 3, and they're just going to drop it on the eShop, and it's just going to be there. That's a good but there's, but there's no virtual console. Where is it going to go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it would just be... <laughs> honestly, I wouldn't be surprised on that, but like almost what the hamster is doing with the arcade archives, just kind of just drop them in, and, and it, or maybe like a, a, a remaster, or re-release type of thing, but Surprise release with um, Earth the beginnings. first mother, yeah, Earth yeah. beginning. So I, I could see it happening, and it I, being done I would, like right before the uh, either right before or right after the tournaments that they have going on. I um, 
I'll make um, I'll, I'll I'll make a personal prediction on top of that, or I guess a, a personal promise on top of your prediction. It's a bonus. If if they drop Mother Three at E3, then I will promise to stop bitching about the absence of Virtual Console for the rest of 2017. <laughs> because <laughs> that, like, if they do if they do that, like we're good. Like like you guys get six months to figure your shit out, and then I'll go back to bitching about Virtual Console. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but like I mean, I would I man I like I. And and from from what I've heard from from a lot of sources, like Mother Three was localized. I don't know what's happening. I've heard from a lot of people that like there's a localized version of Mother Three in some kind of ether. Um, it, it'll come out like it'll come out like the original Mother Dead before it got renamed Earthbound Beginnings. It'll just we <laughs> got on a ROM site in five years. Yeah, Earth, Earthbound afters. <laughs> um. Donald, you, you it's your turn. All right, uh, this might be a little bit, a little bit whiny, but well, or not, not whiny, but uh, pretty simple. But by the end of E three, we will know the name of the main character and the name of in Fire Emblem Switch as well as the subtitle because he's going to be playable in Fire Emblem Warriors. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Yep. Do we think Fire Emblem? I mean, this could be a prediction, but do do we think Fire Emblem Switch is an is a next February game, or do we think it's a next November game? Uh, I'm leaning. I, I would think actually, depending on how Echoes does, they might kick it back to May. Yeah, but they like to put out RPGs earlier in the year, so who knows? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, I, I, I they have that Pokemon game coming out next year. Yeah, or because this year, yeah, that would definitely be the fall game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, I I'm gonna be curious to see what happens to Fire Emblem over the course of the next year because they kind of had that big commitment to it. Um, Echoes seems like it stumbled in Japan. I think it's doing fine in America and Europe. Um, but we'll see Warriors, and then we'll we'll see how it goes from there. But I mean, I would say at this point, Fire Emblem is like it's Mario, Zelda, and Fire Emblem, like. <laughs> It's kind of what it seems like Nintendo's franchises are. As far as what they own outright. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I mean, like, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess Pokemon would be up there. But, like, from, like, that that Nintendo trinity of what they control totally, like, it's Metroid has been replaced mm. by by a bunch of dudes with swords. It, it's <laughs> so sad. Metroid needs to come back. Yeah. Metroid came back last year. I don't know what you're complaining about. Yeah. Federation oh, yeah. was dope. That was, that was a 10 out of 10. Hey, like my game of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Can't to be, be fair, perfect. like a Nintendo game of the year in 2016 is just it, that's that's not like, that impressive. Congratulations! <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, remember there were four Wii U games that came out. <laughs> you were better than them. Wow, good job, TMS. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, my last prediction. I couldn't come up with a good one, so I'm gonna piggyback off of David's just a little bit. I'm going to say Virtual Console launches at E3 and it launches with Mother 3. That's my prediction. And it's not going to happen. I don't think... I'm going to say it's going to happen in that way, but I don't think it's going to happen in that way. I think the reason they delayed the Virtual Console was so they could have more platforms than just the NES and Super Nintendo. And I would like to think that one of the easier consoles to emulate after those two would be the Game Boy Advance. 
which stands to reason that maybe Mother 3 wouldn't be that unreasonable. But I think launching the virtual console with a nice small library of games with some something that's justifiable and not just reselling Super Mario Brothers at E3 with Mother 3 coming right after that. That doesn't that that's my prediction right there. Crap, I need to come up with a third one. It was oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh you know what, we're just gonna wait for you silently. Okay. Just kidding. Just kidding. This is this is me filling airspace while I wait for you. I'm gonna look at the chat right now to see if anyone said anything else. Riza is, is the last person who commented and he said Redmond LOL, which which just shows how far back our chat's going right now. <laughs> uh, um I, I think yeah. all right, I'll say my final E3 prediction is um I'll just I don't know, I'll go I'll go ballsy. Um Animal Crossing Switch coming out in October. That is ballsy. That's, um, that's good. Yeah. It's and and I think that I mean, kind of going off of what you said earlier, Alex, I, I think that we will see Retro Studios game, but I think that game might be the most likely game to be pushed to twenty eighteen as long as Xenoblade Chronicles two actually makes the cut. I think it does. I and and I I mean because I, I don't know. I, I think that Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is going to come out in 2017 in everywhere. Um, I think 100% in, for, in Japan, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 will be out by the end of the year. I am like 95% sure that I think that it'll come out in America and Europe in December as well. Mm. That's fair. That's reasonable. Dave! Oh, so this last one that I have... I like and it. I feel like it could be a possibility, but I just don't know. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Suda fifty one comes out. I like I like where you're going with this. And he <laughs> brings out a HD remaster of No More Heroes one and two for the Switch. Word. Like, I'm into it. Pack. Yeah. But it's not I mean, his new project. Was, not his Because there was project. a recent interview. Um, at Bit Summit, where uh, someone was talking to Suda and mentioned, like, oh, so you're making No More Heroes 3. And he answered it in a way that it's just like, it's not totally No More Heroes 3, but it's the next No More Heroes game, or something along those lines. Like, I yeah. I haven't really cared about much of what Suda's done since since No More Heroes 2, mm -hmm. but the fact that Travis Touchdown is coming back, and, like, that dude's insane, and it's great. That's what, I mean, whenever he came on stage at the uh, January event... He, they had a big picture of Travis Touchdown, and I was like, okay, they're not saying No More Heroes 3, but it's yeah. like, why wouldn't you do an HD remaster of 1 and 2? You already still have the motion controls on the Switch. You can easily do it, and I, might as well. Does it show up at the Ubisoft press conference? <laughs> <laughs> Does he? was on the U2. Does... Ubisoft doesn't own the rights to No More Heroes, do they? I know they published at least they published one and two. I, I don't know who owns the rights. Yeah, I, I think Suda still has the rights, but yeah, it, it, it might Grass be Grasshopper slash Marvel. Yeah, yeah, Grasshopper. So I don't, I don't know. Hmm. Who owns No More Heroes? It can't be Ubisoft. Well, okay, it's Ubisoft that's dead. They published it in the states. But it was also published by Marvelous and Rising Star Games. Okay, so, so Marvelous probably owns the rights. Marvelous probably owns the rights. 
That that would make a lot of sense. Uh, I I'm guessing No More Heroes three, whatever that game is, is going to be the next No More Heroes story, but it's going to be less. It's going to be a smaller budget. That's if there's one thing I'm confident about by the about the next No More Heroes game, it's going to be a much smaller budget. It could potentially be in 2D. It's going to take uh, an indie-style approach to it, which means it could potentially be retro graphics, which No More Heroes is no stranger to, mm-hmm. and it could even be eShop only. Like, I, I have very low expectations for the budget of this next No More Heroes game. I can Although, see that. I mean, there, were, there was that talk of Platinum was working on it in some capacity, but, well... Platinum can go pretty low budget if they want yeah. to. It's no more heroes, but the O is uh, zero. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Donald, you you are left with the final prediction of the night before we go to bed. All right. Um, my final prediction, then. Whatever Pokemon segment is in Nintendo's show will be shorter than the time they give to the Kirby 3DS anniversary game. <laughs> that's a good one yeah. do you think there's a Pokemon segment Donald I, I think they have to do a Pokemon segment just because Pokemon is so huge I mean look at how much money Pokemon Company made last year between Go and Sun and Moon it's like 150 so, million profit compared to 1520 yeah. I think yeah I think it was it was like 200 something plus percent yeah increase. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So they they do need to mention Pokemon in some capacity, and whether that's like Sinnoh confirmed for 3DS or Stars or whatever, they'll they'll brush by it though. But the Kirby anniversary game will get more time than Pokemon. I I still think um, whether it comes this year or next, I think Pokemon Stars or whatever that third Sun and Moon game is, I think it'll be a 3DS and Switch game. Um, because I I still find it hard that that like Pokemon would just leave the install base of the 3DS behind and go right to switch. I, mean, I think, I, I think we'll see like maybe, yeah, like the, the Sinnoh re- remakes and, and stars, I think they'll come to both 3DS and switch. And then maybe they'll start coming to both the switch and the handheld after that, or maybe yeah. they'll just come to switch. Who knows? Yeah. yeah and I mean, the, we're talking about game freak here who did a DS game in 2012. Yeah. So. It's not out of the realm possibility that's that they stay behind. Yeah. Yep. There you go. There's our E3 predictions. It was it was nice and light and full of hot takes. And I do believe that makes for another episode of Nintendo News Report. First of all, I want to thank you, David Kermis, for being on. You, I'm not going to patronize you by saying you did great, but it was it was nice. It was it was good stuff. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. And it's maybe, a deal. Maybe, maybe next time we'll let you talk more. It's <laughs> <laughs> all good. Ah, that's how that's how it is when when you when you're you're on a new podcast for the first time is you don't know when to talk, you don't know when the when the flow's good, but there wasn't much talking over anyone. So I, I can tell you're a few years older than me, which is why I won't like insult you by saying good job. But it was a good <laughs> show. It was a good show. <laughs> um yeah, and, and where can we find you on Twitter, David Kermis? Uh, I am at Greensburg Guy. Greensburg Guy. So is that G R E E N S B U R G? 
G-U-I. Yep. G-U-I. Yes. G-U-I. Okay. G-U-I. Greensburg guy. Berg is in the is in the hamburger. Okay. There you go. On Twitter. You can also find Neil on Twitter at Enron10. You can find Donald on Twitter at uh, Donald Mick as well as at NFR Podcast. Let's let's see what Donald's looking at right now. I, I was Donald just Mick. To... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, we we put you on the screen. I'm also on Twitter at C U L A F I A. That's Kalafi A. But we still have some other stuff to plug. Patreon.com slash N W R. Support the site that supports our show because that that that's that's it's a nice thing to do. We got lots of great content going up on there. Stay tuned for our E3 coverage plans which uh, should be coming in the very, very near future. Look forward to David's work. You just put up a really nice editorial that I recommend everyone read on NintendoWorldReport.com. Last but not least, listen to our show on iTunes. Go to iTunes. Go to Nintendo News Report. We got got our own little knockoff CNN logo. If you review our show on iTunes, then I will read it on the show, guaranteed. That's that's the Alex Kalafi promise, so... Uh, review the show on iTunes. That's all I got. Uh, have a good night. Bye. Good night. Bye. Uh-